the house thing It's a house thing According to a survey by Finder.com, over 2% of Brits are currently vegan. That's over a million people. The poll results suggest that by the end of 2020, this number was set to double, increasing the vegan population to over 2 million. Now, I've carried out my own little poll on Instagram, and we asked whether people were taking part in Veganuary. And surprisingly, nearly a third said yes, but two thirds said no. So it sounds as though we've still got a long way to go on converting people to the benefits of veganism. Now, I sort of dip my toe in, etc. I have a vegan son. And um, the reasons I sort of sometimes go vegan is because I want to control my weight. I want to lower my blood sugar levels. I have a chocoholic in the family, by the way. Um, and also, obviously, lower the risk of heart disease. And also, I've played tennis and golf for years and years. So I'm trying to reduce pain from arthritis. Obviously, media headlines are telling us to get healthy, to improve our mental health and exercise. And January is the ideal month to do all of this. So are you planning to move over to veganism or have you already started your journey via vegetarianism? Join me as I explore the pleasures and pitfalls of discovering what drives ordinary people to change their diets and lifestyle. My guest today is Francine Jordan, so let's find out about her role at the Vegan Society. And also sitting along me is James Duffy, the compliance guru of Callaway's Residential Sales and Lettings. So welcome Francine, how are you? I'm good, it's so nice to be here, thank you so much for having me on. No, well thank you for joining us. James, are you sitting comfortably? I am. I am. I'm, I'm looking particularly looking forward to today's uh, show, uh, especially being a Brighton Hove resident, uh, where uh, uh, vegetarians and vegans are uh, uh, <laughs> definitely out in force. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, so starting with you, Francine, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where are you working at the moment? So I'm the media and PR officer at the Vegan Society. Um, I'm obviously working from home at the moment, um, which is Margate. Um, and it's funny you should mention the the choices of vegan outlets in, in Brighton, because when we were deciding to move away from London, it was kind of between Margate and Brighton. Um, and Margate just pipped the post, but Brighton's one of my favourite places to visit purely because of the amount of vegan shops and restaurants and cafes on offer. So it's, it's definitely one of my favourite places in the UK. Marvellous. How long have you been doing what you're doing now, Francine? So I've actually only worked for the Vegan Society for a month. I celebrated my one month anniversary uh, the other day. Um, oh, congratulations. That, <laughs> thank you so much. It's, it's been a very surreal time to start a new job and meet everyone, you know, all your new colleagues. That's some, sometimes the best part of a job is actually meeting new people and, and making new friends, but it's all been virtual. But um, the Vegan Society is an amazing place to work and it's actually the first place I've ever worked where we've got a channel purely dedicated to everyone's animals. So every day I kind of log on and click on this feed, which is called uh, Companion Colleagues. And it's just like a, a flood of cats and dogs and rabbits and things like that. So that's that's definitely one of the big pluses about working here. Um, before that, I was at um, Marketeers, which is like kind of similar. It's working in um, PR and media relations. And then previous to that, I was actually a red carpet reporter in London, um, which isn't as glamorous as it sounds. Um, and I was vegetarian for three years and actually then transitioned to a fully vegan diet um, around uh, 2017. So when you were a red carpet reporter, did you actually try to find out whether people were vegan or not? Well, one of the really interesting things, um, if you're into celebrities, here's a little uh, a snippet of info for you. Um, one of the best things was when we were in the hotels doing the interviews and obviously we're talking kind of like the best uh, hotels in London, like Claridge's and things like that. Um, I always loved looking at what the celebrities were having for lunch because uh, you'd obviously <laughs> see it being brought in quite literally on this silver tray. 
Um, oh. And there was a lot of green juices and, and things like that. But I think a lot of people in Hollywood are, are kind of plant-based for, for various reasons. So, yeah, that was one of my favourite things to do, just have a look <laughs> and see what Jack Black was having for, for lunch. Oh, really? <laughs> Excellent. And, and when you work at the Vegan Society, is that part and parcel of some of the, uh, the, the skill set you have to have of being vegan? Yeah, so um, I think you probably wouldn't want to work for the Vegan Society unless you were vegan. Um, uh-huh. And in a way, it's it's the first place I've ever worked where, you know, it's with like-minded people, people who like obviously follow a similar um, belief and, and things like that. And I think one of the best things, um, vegans do get a bit of a hard time about kind of taking themselves too seriously. But actually, I think it's nice to work with people who... Um, who are used to all the same jokes that you're used to, like where do you get your protein from and things like that. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really nice place to work. So do you have a canteen there? So um, obviously everyone at the moment is working remotely. Um, so I haven't even been to the office yet. So I'm looking forward to when things go back to normal and I get a chance to visit. But I know one of the perks that people talk about is there's often... Um, vegan treats and cakes and things like that lying around obviously every time someone has a birthday it's the first place I've ever worked where I know that all the food there is going to be vegan so I'm really (laughs) looking forward to getting stuck into that (laughs) okay fantastic so since you became vegan tell me how has the vegan industry changed I mean obviously you must have seen some changes for a start certainly you know I I sort of noticed that with my son having turned vegan years ago, um, you know, it was almost sort of a bit, shh, shh, he's vegan, shh, shh. Yeah, where, <laughs> where can we eat? Where can we, how, how do you find things changed? I think my mum would find that very relatable, that hush, hush. It's like a secret. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that kind of always strikes me is the Vegan Society was actually founded in 1944. And if I think to what those, you know, what those early vegans were eating, I just can't even imagine because I feel almost overwhelmed by the amount of vegan choice when I go to uh, supermarkets and and when I go out for dinner now. I know um, Wagamama is actually is planning on um, having a fully uh, vegan uh, offering eventually. Um, So even in the last kind of four years since I I went from vegetarian to veganism, I've noticed a dramatic change, um, especially I think living in London. It's usually kind of you see that that change in the big cities first and then it it kind of spreads um, out beyond that. Um, So, yeah, it's actually never for me been easier to be vegan. Um, And it's actually something that my friends always find when I convince them to give veganery a go. I've got a friend doing it for the fourth year in a row. And she's just like every time I try it, it just seems like there's there's something else to something else on the shelf to buy or try or, or things like that. But I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's kind of just been slowly bumbling along since um since you know the the 60s 70s and and 80s and then it just feels like the last five years even there's just been this explosion um one of the things that we see at the vegan society we actually have our own trademark um which you might recognize it's this um sunflower logo and you know they've had that trademark since 1990, um, and now they've, they've they're now up at 48,000 products are registered with that sunflower. But the majority have only been registered in the last couple of years. So it's really been this just humongous <laughs> growth in in veganism, um, and that's reflected in kind of the products we see in the shelves, the the plant based ranges in the supermarkets, um, even the fact you know. You hear about veganism more and more on the news and and, and whenever you're kind of scrolling uh, various newspaper uh, online, it's just this kind of like word word of the uh, last couple of years, really. Well, I think it's really interesting what's happening. Um, I went into we have a few vegan restaurants over here where I live and um my, my son said to me, oh, oh, try the jackfruit. And I, and I said, the, the what? He said, the jackfruit. And I, I actually bought it in the other day and it's still in my cupboard. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and as you say, you know, now we've got foods coming in, food products coming in from all over the world. I think it just opens a whole, almost a, a really colourful box of, of products mm-hmm. to try and fruits and vegetables, etc. But I'm looking for that vegan trademark everywhere on products because I have to buy normal food, as you call it, and vegan. 
for when mm. my son comes to eat with us. So tell me, why do you like living and working in this industry? Um, I think it, it kind of carries on from what we were saying. You know, it's a really exciting time to uh, be vegan and work in uh, work for the vegan movement. Um, it always makes people laugh when I say I was actually raised on what you'd call you know, normal or traditional diet. And both my parents are Glaswegian. So I don't even think they'd heard of the word vegan until I decided to become one. Um, do they do always, um, Do they do vegan haggis now or not? <laughs> do you know, you won't believe this. That's so funny you should mention that. I have a picture on my phone that I took yesterday in a shop. Like there's just this really small shop around the corner from my house that I've only been in once or twice. And they had vegan haggis. <laughs> And I took a picture to send to my mother-in-law because I was like, what? Like, this is just like, this is just crazy. It really, I mean, the fact we have vegan haggis now, I think that's, you know, that's that's it now. We've we've really peaked on, uh, yes, on the yes. of, uh, meat-free offerings. Um, but yeah, well, I think it's just generally a really exciting time um, to work uh, in the industry. And I think more and more, there has always almost been this perception of, of vegans. I think if you said to someone, could you describe a vegan? It would kind of be that, you know, long hair, hippie at a festival, eating corn on the cob, whatever it is. People always seem to have this like idea of what a vegan looks like. And actually, it's just not the case anymore. You wouldn't be able to kind of pick any vegans out in a lineup, I don't think. You know, you're talking about your son doing it. Young people now, we're seeing more and more young people uh, transition to a, to a vegan diet because of, you know, whether it's because of the environment or, or health reasons or just because they say they're animal lovers. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's that's really changed. And it does seem that there's a slightly more, maybe a more open-minded or more positive conversation when it comes to veganism um, compared to a few years ago. So I know that when I first uh, went vegan, it was a bit like exactly as you said with your son, it was that kind of like hush hush or people would just be like, absolutely, just like stare at you like you're an alien. They were like, but what do you eat? And do you not mistaken? And, and all this stuff. And now actually everyone's trying it, whether they're vegan or not. You know, it's, some people just do it because they, um, you know, we have these meat-free Mondays or or whatever it is. And, and people are just becoming open to the idea of eating more plant-based food, even if that's not, you know, they're not fully dedicating themselves to the vegan movement. Yeah, so I would say... For me, I just think it's a really exciting time um, to work um, for the vegan society in particular, because it's just like, you know, if this much has changed in the last five years, how much is going to change in the, in the next five? Yes, exactly. I mean, was it is it the production of the milk and dairy, you know, dairy foods that sort of convinced you to go vegan as well? Yeah, so I, I'm sure like many people, I always considered myself an animal lover. Um, I, like my poor mum, who wasn't really a big fan of animals growing up, I was always coming to her and asking for, for different pets and, and things like uh -huh. that. Um, and I decided to become a vegetarian at 23. You know, I wasn't living at home anymore. Um, I kind of finally felt like I had that independence and that choice. Um, and I was actually working in a, a really busy uh, restaurant chain and it was just one of these almost like light bulb moments. I was just suddenly so aware of the connection between the cows and the pigs and the sheep and, and all those other animals that I always claimed to love. And then the food I was actually serving on the plates. And for me, it was literally an overnight change. Um, and after a few years and uh, a few pro-vegan documentaries, I know they're always a little bit contentious, but I um, that's when I actually saw that, you know, discovered the truth of how milk, cheese, eggs, whatever it is, are actually um, produced. And that's when I decided to become vegan. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. for me, it was like a gut feeling first and then did my homework and my and my research and stuff. And then that's that, that, kind, that, that kind of came second. Um, so, yeah, I think like um, maybe the majority of people, it was um, animals. They were kind of my initial inspiration. And then since time's gone on and just the way the world is at the moment, you know, we're talking about the environment and climate change and things like that. And that's, that kind of came second. And then from going vegan, I found that kind of my own personal health improved. So it's been, um, it's been a, a journey. Uh 
Mm-hmm. So with, with the pandemic and obviously, you know, how has that affected people's relationship with food, do you think? I mean, a lot of us have been thinking, oh, few extra pounds on the hips, few extra pounds <laughs> round the waist. Do you think this has sort of um, made people think a bit more about what they're eating and what they're actually fueling their bodies with? Yeah, absolutely. I think even away from veganism, you know, we, we saw when... Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson got sick, he immediately, once he recovered, came out with that um, kind of eating healthier campaign, the government campaign. Um, And, you know, that was him firsthand saying, I think if I had been um, a bit healthier, maybe I wouldn't have wouldn't have um, been so sick when I did catch um, COVID. And I think that is reflective um, of everyone. I think just more than ever, people are really worried about their health and their well-being. I think too many of us kind of took it for granted maybe before the pandemic and suddenly it was, you know, this virus was so real, it was on our doorsteps. And then suddenly we had the, you know, the, the new variant of it, the the, the stronger uh, variant of the virus. And, it, you know, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't be thinking of their health during the last kind of 12 months. Um and interestingly, actually, a survey that the Vegan Society conducted um, that was in April 2020, um, it found that one in five Brits had cut down on their meat consumption during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, that that kind of shows the way that people were thinking. Obviously, we don't know if that's because of um, uh, shortages, but it does yeah. seem that it's it's people have been inspired by kind of their own their own health. Um and on top of that, so as well as the one in five who've cut down on meat consumption, uh, I think it was around 15% um, also had said they'd uh, reduced their uh, dairy and egg intake over the lockdown period as well, which is pretty interesting. When I went on to your Vegan Society website, I was absolutely astounded, as, as you said, there's huge amounts of products but also finding out about vegan footwear and obviously going on to other you know google searches about clothing and furniture and i mean it's just mind-blowing really J- james how do you feel about, how do you feel about veganism um you know how, how does it affect your life <laughs> Well, obviously, you know, I work and live in a city that was uh, uh, named the UK's best vegan city behind London because of the, you know, the uh, variation of restaurants that we have. And um, you'll be pleased to know that I have uh, your app at the Vegan Society on my phone. So I do see see your uh, your news feeds. Um, I think, uh, well, I'm a vegetarian, but I I do live with a vegan who who also uh, uh, went from vegetarian to vegan to be a vegan. And um, I think I think there has been so much more education around um, uh, why people choose to be vegans. I mean, there's been various TV programs and I think people used to go down or used to maybe come from the the place about it was animal welfare uh, and and their concerns around that but there's a lot of people now that are, are very serious athletes that, that that follow a plant-based diet and people have been seeing these um, documentaries I think there was one called Veganville where they went to uh, you know a town in Wales where they were trying to convince people to be follow a plant-based diet and there was some you know some some good some good information there to help educate people um, and the sh- you know it, the shops as we talked about earlier i mean there's whole aisles near enough uh giving you so much choice um and i think there is still when you talk to people a bit of a concern about whether or not they are following a, a real balanced diet and you know you know I, i'm no expert at all and you know none of us are medically trained but i think people do get a little bit worried about whether people are getting the complete balance in their diet and so they have to really do they should do a lot of research to make sure they're getting you know all what they need or getting the top ups with um, with supplements but I I, th- I think I like the idea where people do do like a uh, a meat-free Monday or, or or something along those lines just to start to try and have a bit of a an impact or an inro- in inroad to to improve their health and also you know the, you know uh, the, the 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 planet really um I think the food is actually quite 
quite there's quite a variation actually I think and it can be it's quite some, sometimes some some of it you serve up <laughs> some of the vegetarian sausages now I tell you I think if you had them in a casserole or in a baguette with some um, you know fried onions I, I think some people would struggle to know the difference they're that good some of them do you James I know you do a lot of cooking do you yep. sometimes serve up vegan products that looks like normal I mean obviously you wouldn't do it the other way around but I'm sure yeah. vegan food doesn't affect you know meat eaters but the other way around that's highly unethical to serve um, a vegan meat um, yeah, yeah. so do, do you think a lot of them would be surprised to know they were were eating vegan food or plant-based. Yeah, I, I, I actually yeah. prefer the plant-based. I think that sounds a lot sort of more yeah. natural because we, we, we understand what plants look like. But just mm. adding, you know, like lentils or nuts and mm. grains and all. I mean, there is such a mass of grains that you can have now. I bought some lentils at the weekend and I stood in front of the shelves. I'm going, yeah, but what lentils do I need? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I what mean, do you think, James? We, if I, when we could have guests and when we had people that you could come around for dinner, uh, I, I mean, I, my, the, most of my family wouldn't follow a, a plant-based diet and I would, you know, serve up something that, and I'd say, you know, go, like a homemade uh, um, sort of um, cottage pie made with um, plant-based uh, mints. You know, if you do all the flavour and everything right, people cannot tell. I mean, they've... Uh, my, my my dad has said he couldn't tell the difference. Whether or not he's mm. humouring me, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I think it depends on how you how much you are into your you know eating eating meat. Uh, I mean, I was I was at the shops the other week, and the the lady on the checkout, I was buying I was buying uh, vegan butter and uh, vegetarian sausages, and she's saying, oh, well, you know, we're, uh, me and my husband want to start trying some of this meat free stuff. What's this like? I said, well, I've tried every butter, and this is the <laughs> one that I tell you tastes as close to butter as you're going to get, and those sausages are the better ones so if you're going to try it try those ones <laughs> <laughs> so um francine in your fridge for example you know you've got the door that opens with the the shelf for all the milks what sort of types of milk would you have in there oh so i'm a big fan of oat milk that's uh -huh. always my go-to um it's funny again back to you know just four or five years ago when i when i first started um following a vegan diet it was you know soy was the only option um kind of in the supermarkets but also when you went to meet friends for coffee or, or whatever it was and now again just this over overwhelming sense of it like you with the lentils I stand in the plant-based milk aisle and I'm just like whoa like where do you begin there's you know <laughs> coconut rice hemp oat almond uh, I think there's even hazelnut milk now. You know, it's yep. just, um, it, it, it's incredible. I'm, I'm like looking around, I think there's pea milk now. And I just think, what what, what are they going to squeeze next to get milk out of? You know, <laughs> literally just, there's just like a long list. I'm just thinking, what, what am I going to see the next time I go to the supermarket? But for me, yeah, it's uh, oat milk. And I think perhaps because it's um, the most similar in terms of texture. And if you want like a latte, it's like the best one for kind of creating that. No yeah foam. well just don't serve don't serve me a cup of tea with oat milk in it has to be i'm afraid semi skim normal milk that goes in my tea <laughs> <No sense>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so francine if you could wave a magic wand and improve something about your industry what would it be and why i think um as much as you know we're open to kind of the the jokes and and the the uh, discussions around veganism I think at the at the very heart of it and the aims of the vegan society are quite serious and it's just the treatment of animals and I think there is this real disconnect you know when you speak to people and you say um you know it, I, I, if you stop someone on the street and ask them you know how how do you think uh, we get milk or how do you think we where do you think your your sausages come from whatever it is I think a lot of people would honestly struggle to understand it um and I think more and more there are reports and um, investigative pieces coming out into kind of the treatment of, of animals. Um, you know, one of the, the most shocking stats to me, and it, it always sticks with me, is that if the UK population was killed at the rate that farm animals are killed around the world, that the entire UK population would be gone in 11 hours. 
you know, that to me is just mind blowing. And I think someone who is um, plant based and, and enjoys the food, I think that is absolutely brilliant. And I love that. But I think all it takes is just kind of a Google into into kind of the real reality of how cows and pigs and sheep and things are, are treated in order for us to have whatever it is that we enjoy, you know, leather boots or, or woolen jumpers or a steak, you know. Um, and I think for me, if I if I did have that magic wand, I would just kind of get all these people together and um, just kind of maybe educate them into into the truth. There's so many documentaries, of course, that people can watch. And and I think the majority of people are really understanding and empathetic and, you know, everyone's got their own story, depending on, you know, their age, background, religion, whatever it is, as everyone's got a reason for the for the lifestyle that they choose to follow. Um, but for me, I just think I would love to see more um, education. I know that's something that, that James touched on. If there was just more education into um, why people follow a vegan lifestyle, um, that's something that I would I would love to see. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, really, because I sort of feel that because I, well, because we probably eat vegan slash vegetarian most of the week, I sort of feel as though I'm doing my part. But when you mentioned there about leather boots, I have to say I did squirm a little bit in my seat thinking, oh, got my leather boots on, <laughs> yeah, and I've got, oh my goodness me, you know, and I think it's that the, the the transition, if you like, from vegetarianism to veganism and then letting it pervade every single aspect of your life, which mm -hmm. sometimes can seem perhaps a little over the top maybe to some, but actually quite natural to others. Uh, yeah. how, how does the vegan society um, see people, if you like, transitioning from meat to veganism? Is there is there generally a number of years that it takes or is it a particular age group or how does it work? I think one of the first things I just want to say is you shouldn't feel guilty about that either. You know, the fact that you've got, you've got leather boots because this is one of the things that, that I've discovered even just since joining the vegan society. Yeah. We all have our own responsibility to maybe research things, but we do live in a world where we almost just are handed things. So you know, I called myself a vegan um, when I was actually probably following a plant-based diet. And I think that's the difference. Plant-based is, is generally about what you eat, whereas veganism is about what you eat, but also what you wear, what products you use on your face. You know, are they, is it cruelty-free? Is it, does it contain honey or, or collagen or, or whatever? So when you said that about, you know, kind of squirming, I think what I love about the vegan society is like they're, they're really not judgmental. Uh -huh. And it is kind of this stereotype that vegans are really judgmental and they, you know, they look down their nose at people who aren't vegan. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think for us, the end goal, of course, is to is to have a vegan world. But if we can do that by, you know, holding someone's hand, helping them, pointing them in the right direction, offering them tips and advice. If we make it so easy that people kind of just go into a shop and they know that that's a, a, a leather pair of boots. They know that that's a, a faux woolen jumper. They know, you know, um, that to me is actually the right way to go about it and not, you know, just criticising people because they, you know, haven't woken up the next day and, and thrown every non-vegan item out of their product and um, out of their cupboard and, and cleared their bathroom of any... Um, products that were tested on animals you know that's that's for me an unrealistic expectation to uh, think that everyone around the world is going to be able to do that and again thinking about people's backgrounds their income their age their needs you know it would be wrong to assume that it's easy for everyone to just transition because in reality that's just not the case so in terms of how long it takes or or whether it's you know something that everyone has the means to do I don't think the vegan society have kind of a an ideal um, person in their head when they talk about you know someone transitioning to to a vegan. Just like for me, it was a it was a gut instinct first, and then I did the research. For someone else, it could be they watched the documentary, they then thought twice about the sandwich they bought. Everyone's so different, and actually, that's one of the things I like about the vegan movement is that you know if it's because you're doing it for health reasons, the vegan society have a an in house dietitian to help you. Whether you're doing it for the environment and you want to start by just cutting out your um, meat consumption 
Um, we've got loads of recipes for um, meat alternatives or whether you're doing it for the animals, you know, like the statistic I mentioned earlier, we've got a long list of stats. So I think it's just about taking it day by day. Um, and I think the way that everyone is um, doing it at the moment is exactly what both of you have mentioned, you know, either going from vegetarian to vegan, either just having meat-free Mondays, either just, you know, um, getting rid of your leather boots for fake leather boots, you know, whatever it is, these small steps all add up. Um, and I think um, for me, it's important just it's to not treat it as a competition or, or no one's better than anyone else. It's, it's oh, everyone has yeah. to, everyone has their own journey to go on, I think, with veganism. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Oh, wonderful. Now, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Let's Talk Property. I'm Heather Hilda-Darling, and my guests today are Francine Jordan from the Vegan Society and James Duffy. Um, so this is Let's Talk Property, and let's continue because we're having a great chat here with uh, Francine and James. James, do you want to pop in a couple of questions now? Yes, so um, I was wondering, obviously... Uh, you know, being a, a, a vegan, as you just touched on, is a whole spectrum of how 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 seriously people follow it or commit to it. But obviously, a lot of it would be around vegetables, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, talk with my property hat on here, um, and people searching for properties. Do you find that is there any stats or any any um, any reports out there that um, vegans tend to you know grow their own vegetables more or or use allotments more? Is is do people want to go, to go down that road when they're exploring this? That's a really interesting question, actually. Um, for me, I've definitely seen a growth in the uh, number of people transitioning to a vegan diet because of the environment so I mentioned earlier that for me it was about animals and then health and environment kind of came after that um, but I know just because of everything that's going on in the news with climate change and and the environment and greenhouse gases and things like that there's this real drive to get people to transition to uh, a, a vegan or a plant-based diet because of um, environmental concerns so with that in mind I would I would think that actually there is probably a correlation between people who live a vegan lifestyle and those who grow their own food just purely because it, it kind of makes sense. You know, if you're if you're that or if you're already vegan, you're that conscious about the food you're buying. It probably there's also a, a part of your brain that thinks actually it makes sense for me to to grow my own food. In saying that, there are people, of course, who who aren't vegan, who are also conscious of the environment and they might think well, I don't want to give up meat or, or I'm not convinced by the, you know, the research that, that um, eating meat and dairy has an impact on the environment. However, I would like to play my part um, and grow my own food or, or, or have an allotment or, you know, what, what, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting point. Perhaps yeah. maybe we, we over index slightly in people who want to grow their own food because they're, um, you know, tend to be people who... Um, are conscious of, of that kind of thing and their their the mark they leave on the on the planet um but yeah it's a it's, a, it's an interesting one i'd love to do a survey of vegans and see how many of yeah. us are kind of just <laughs> relying on junk food in the supermarket and how many of us are, are really good in growing our own food because but I think actually, James, you bring, you bring up a really interesting question there because, you know, when um, estate agents put up their new properties and sort of mm. lettings properties, it's generally new or close to this, close to that. Um, would there ever come a day where you would perhaps say you are now entering a vegan home, you know, where all the furniture's vegan? I mean, I can't believe how many beautiful colours there are in sofas and, you know, all the recycled products that come do you think that might also interest people who follow a vegan lifestyle i mean i think i think i think um I think it is actually possible because I mean we have eco buildings uh, specifically in Brighton and there and there are in in other cities where you have people that want to buy and live in eco buildings for all the reasons that that that, that they that, that their belief cycle in terms of how we need to you know have an impact on on the environment and I think um, I think people 
at some stage, I think it, 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 it will move on from how fast is the broadband? What else mm. are we doing in this development yeah. or this? How has it been built? Uh, what facilities have I got outside? I think it will continue. I mean, you know, it's um, you know, I think anything's possible now. I think people I think especially because of the, 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 the coronavirus situation, the pandemic. I mean, we've seen a complete shift about how people are thinking they want to live uh, not just in terms of work-life balance, but where they want to live and how they mm -hmm. want to, as, as uh, Francine touched on earlier, how people are re-evaluating how they actually look after themselves. It doesn't matter at what, uh, what spectrum of, 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 of uh, what you follow. There is, there, is, there is a drive to do that. And it does start with, you know, being happy at home. And, and, and does, it, does it really um, uh, tie in with all your, with all your inner, inner, inner core beliefs, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Francine, did you want to add anything there? No, I was just, I, I, I completely agree. And I think as well, one of the other things I hate to bring it up, but I think Brexit will have an impact too, because I think people are maybe concerned about what impact that will have either short term or long term, um, particularly on kind of food imports and exports. And if you know that you can have that security by having, you know, a part of your balcony or, or your back garden or or your roof terrace um, where you have a food source available, I think that would, if I was looking at a listing now, you know, that to me would be so appealing. Um, and it's almost become really cool to grow your own food. You know, I know a few years ago there were jokes about hipsters growing their own beer, um, making their own <laughs> beer, but um, now it seems to be kind of, you're really cool if you can grow your own kale again. So, um, yeah, I think that if I saw that in a listing, regardless of what the house looked like, I'd probably go and have a look. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so let's just imagine now we've got all the family round the table, round the kitchen table, and they're all, they've all got different diets. What does uh, mum or dad do about, you know, feeding them all so that she doesn't spend hours and hours trying to feed the family yeah that's a that's a good point and I'm, I'm going to bring up my mum again because I'm um I'm one of four my mum was you know worked full-time she's a radiographer and I feel awful now when I think back to how annoying and fussy we all were and how we just kind of all wanted our own individual meals like <laughs> I can't believe she didn't kill one of us out of just like frustration <laughs> um yeah, so I think it's a it's a it's a really interesting thing, and it's definitely something that is going to become more common um, within families. You know, you were saying your son's vegan, uh, but you're not necessarily fully vegan. Or I've got a sister who's vegan, I've got a sister who isn't vegan. Um, so when we all get mm. together, it can be it can be a bit chaotic. Um, but it's probably something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, for me, one of the best things about veganism, actually, is the fact that absolutely everyone can eat vegan food. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's probably the best way to get as much fruit, veggies, herbs, lentils, grains and, and all those things into your diet. Whereas, you know, I wouldn't be able to eat a meat, uh, eat a meal with meat or dairy in it. A non-vegan person can eat the vegan food I make for them. Um, and I think, again, talking about that boom in vegan products you know I think if I was if I was a mum who had who you know kids who didn't want to eat the same thing I think the, what I would do is almost ask them what they did want whether that's curry or bacon sandwiches or you know whatever it is and then I would find or make the best vegan alternative um for it so that way everyone's happy you know I can't think of a, a meal that you can't make vegan um nowadays so that's probably um, an option. Well, it's, it's interesting because James mentioned the vegan cottage pie, which is, is exactly that what I made at the weekend. And, mm. um, you know, I thought, right, I can, I, can, I can boil the potatoes, but I've got to use vegan butter for Neil and I've got to use ordinary, you know, uh, the vegetarian <laughs> margarine for us. Oh, and I can't put a bit of milk in the mashed potatoes. I've got to. So I stuck the oatly in it, you know, and I just thought, actually, it can be done with a bit of thought. So let's imagine, Francine, that you've got 20 minutes to prepare a meal for a vegan friend who's just phoned to say she's popping in for supper what would you prepare and why um depending on the time of year I'm looking out the window here at the moment it's looking pretty miserable outside I would probably say something like soup you know it's uh -huh. pretty easy you grab all the vegetables from the bottom of your fridge you know 
the ones that you're not even sure what to do with or whether they're out of date or the, all that kind of thing. <laughs> it's one of my favourite meals I tend to do just before I do a big food shop is just have a look, see what's there and then just chuck it all in a soup. Um, and then, you know, bread, you know, you can either then have that with butter, without butter, whatever it is. Um, but I, I would say that soup, if you've only got 20 minutes, is probably a pretty good go-to. Um, one of the interesting things, and it's, it's something that always makes um, non-vegans laugh whenever you bring it up is actually when you think about it a lot of the 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 herbs and spices you use to season meat to make it taste good or better however you want to look at it Mm. um, is obviously vegan and so actually when you when you take that away and you just rely on those herbs and spices and and salt and pepper and things like that you can make vegan food like absolutely delicious and actually it's the base of a lot of our meals it's just that we're taking the meat away so for me, I, you know, people always say, oh, but you're, you know, you're missing out on this and you're missing out on that. And actually, I think I've added a lot more to my kind of cooking repertoire and skill set because, you know, I've, I've done a lot more research and homework into things. And I actually find now the food I eat is a lot more delicious than what I was eating uh, beforehand. Well, I agree with you. I'm a great fan of turmeric and garam masala now. Yeah. I just chuck them in everything. Me too. <laughs> James, have you got favourite spices? Uh, yeah, uh, turmeric I do have uh, quite a lot. And I, I, th- I agree uh, with uh, Francine that actually because you, the perception is that um, – plant-based diet can be quite bland you almost sort of overcompensate and you do quite a little bit more you put a lot more effort into uh you know uh, having a bit more of a a wide wide range of uh, bits going into your into your dishes so that uh um they do taste you know as good as they can do and actually you know you do end up having a lot more uh, variety um and um i mean before when we could eat out uh, th- th- i mean even some of these restaurants now we touched on it earlier but i mean you know th- they've almost got you know half of the menu towards the back all on mm. plant-based and you don't feel as if you're being um you know uh, left behind left with some with, with, with a very bland, bland dish so um, I mean, as I say, I, I'm sort of, I'm not a full vegan, I'm more vegetarian, but when you're eating with a vegans, then it, it, it's, it's quite easy. Um, and I'm sure, Heather, when you made your cottage pie, you could have quite easily just put the vegan butter in there and no one would have noticed. So don't start uh, worrying about having to overcompensate for that. <laughs> so, so, Francine, tell me, is there a formula for food attraction? I mean, I don't think about it an awful lot, but certainly when I see a plate of colourful food, you know, even salads, it just sort of makes you feel as though you want to eat it much more. You know, it gives you that sort of, mm, that looks delicious. So would you say sort of is how much is nutrition, how much is taste, colour, maybe even speed of preparation? Have you got any ideas there? Yeah, so one of the things I always say, um, I mentioned earlier, one of my friends is doing veganery for the fourth year in a row. And each time she says it's it's getting easier. But one of the things I always say to her at the beginning of, of January when she's starting again is just remember to eat the rainbow. So if you think, you know, we eat with our eyes first, if something, as you said, is more colourful, you're instantly thinking, oh, that looks quite good, that looks like it's going to be juicy or fresh or or whatever it is. It's just like a natural thing when we see fruit and and vegetables. Um, And I think as well, um, again, one of the things about, for me, turning vegan was I suddenly was in like aisles of the supermarket I hadn't even been in before because I was just finding all these new um, products or spices or, or things that I wanted to in, wanted to incorporate. So, um, yeah, eating the rainbow is a really good one to remember. Um, you know, if you look at a plate of, of yellow food, and again, as I said, I was brought up by Glaswegians, so there was corned beef and, and all sorts in my house <laughs> growing up. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, when you're looking at it, it doesn't look that appealing, whereas if you're presented with, I don't know, maybe like a... a a curry or something like that you know that's got like lots of texture and colors and things like that you you know it just you want to sit down and and eat it um so yeah eating the rainbow is a is a good one to always remember nutrition wise I think uh both uh James and I've I've already touched on this but kind of doing your homework so making sure that you are getting that balanced diet there is now as good as it is that we have so much vegan choice no one's going to feel good if they purely rely on on vegan junk food just like you wouldn't feel good if you relied on any kind of junk food or takeaway so having a balanced diet making sure that you are getting 
your fruits and, and veggies in and, and things like that. Um, I think as well, there's so much choice now again when it comes to um, things like um, supplements. You know, there's a there's a lot out there about vegans um, lacking in B12, but now you can get supplements. Yeah. So if you are really keen to follow a, a vegan um, diet, but you're not sure exactly about the nutrition side of things, it's always worth doing your homework on um, on the kind of supplements that are on offer. Um, but flavour wise, I mean. I can't even think of a vegan meal. I'm not even exaggerating. I've had that's been bad purely because of the the effort that goes into the the herbs and spices side of things. Um, I had carrot bacon the other day. Literally just peeled a carrot, paprika, maple syrup, salt, pepper, and I think liquid smoke. And it was like I was eating bacon, and it was just unbelievable. So you know, it's all, all, all you need to make sure you're using the right herbs and spices and things. And then and I'm still stuck on delicious. the corned beef. I mean, we used to get fed that so much, you know, with yeah. lashings of tomato ketchup. But um, and I my mum wonders why I'm vegan, and I'm just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly, at the moment, there seem to be a lot of you know recipe boxes which are being heavily promoted on the TV. And I know a lot of us haven't got huge amounts of time. You know, we're putting in long hours. We're getting home. The last thing you want to do is to start cooking for hours on on end. So would you say it's cheaper and maybe more satisfying to prep your own meals? What's the answer here? Yeah, so cheaper, definitely. There's been kind of endless studies into um, into whether following a plant-based diet is cheaper. And I'm sure that the last... Um, bit of research that was done it was a survey I think at Christmas time actually and they found that it was um someone doing uh, following a vegan lifestyle was uh, they were predicted to save around 640 pounds um, a year you know, that's, is that yeah yeah wow which is you know a pretty huge saving particularly at a time like the pandemic where people are, are, are mm. struggling that's a it's a pretty high figure. I know that if someone handed me £640, I'd be very happy. Um, uh, so yeah, money-wise, there are lots of um, indications that following um, a vegan lifestyle is is cheaper. Time-wise, um, I mean, I can't even think of the last time I actually cooked something that wasn't vegan, but I, I would only assume because it's things like fruits and veggies and, and things like that, that it probably is saving you time. Um, I mean, you you might know better than me, but I don't know how long it takes to to um, put something in the oven these days. But I know that with your basic vegan things, you know, your staples, lentils, all those kind of things, they they take no time at all. So money. No, you don't I, even um, have to soak them anymore. A lot of them, do you? It's just rinse. Yeah, and they stick just it come the free. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it for us. Yeah, so time yeah. and money, I would probably say, is um, if if that's something you're short on, um, then probably looking into a plant based diet is is something you could probably benefit from. Right. Okay. So just moving on to, again, the furniture, because obviously James and I deal a lot with property, just on on um, perhaps landlords and tenants. James, we did touch on this earlier about a vegan home and with Francine as well. How, how do you think landlords could potentially attract more tenants by having vegan furniture, etc.? I mean, we don't actually encourage landlords to furnish properties but if if they did do you think that would be a good selling point yeah i think i think i think there i think there is um probably um some part of the market uh, and the consumer that would be attracted to that or definitely be intrigued uh and um obviously where property is concerned i don't know much about uh, the longevity of of the furniture that would meet that criteria, and obviously that 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 that's the battle that we have in 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 rented properties because of the um you know the the wear and tear and the turnover. But I think initially, I think that would be something that would get interest, specifically in a, in a city like Brighton um, and other cities that 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 have uh, a, a good um, sort of. Um, uh, scoring in terms of how they how they uh, f uh, provide. Um, uh, outlets for for people that follow a vegan or a plant based diet. So yeah, I think I think there's I think it would be explored by some 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 of some of the consumers. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Now I can't believe how quickly the time's going, and I could really talk about this subject for ages. But um, I just want to sort of come to the closing. Um, 
paragraphs, if you like, by saying, uh, just imagine, Francine, that I wake up tomorrow and my partner doesn't hold the same ideas about veganism as myself. What are your top three golden meat-free nuggets for me to persuade him to go vegan? <laughs> I'm actually very fortunate that I'm married to a vegan, um, but he wasn't vegan when we met. Oh, no, so I can't change the husband. No, definitely can't do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's vegan-only dating apps now, so um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh um, yeah, it is, it is something that I, I would cause, you know, could cause a, a bit of friction in the house, you know, especially if you think actually how many times you probably either do the food shop together or you cook together or you even just sit down um, uh-huh. to eat together so it's it's something that um is kind of at the core if you're a vegan it's obviously something that's it's a it's a full lifestyle choice for you um again one of the things I would say about that I like about veganism that it, it's very inclusive you know absolutely everyone can eat vegan food um unless it's um an actual allergy or something I can't think of anyone who isn't able to eat um a vegan curry or, or whatever it is that you're cooking um so that's obviously a big a big plus um if you're like me I, I just I'm just always grateful that someone's cooking because I don't like cooking so um <laughs> I don't care what my husband's making whatever it is I'll, I'll happily sit down to to eat it um I think on a more serious note though I I would obviously say you can't force someone into doing something that they don't want to do um I keep bringing my mum up but she isn't vegan um but when I go home to visit I know that the fridge you know it's not going to be full of vegan options but she'll always without fail make sure there's a non-dairy milk in the fridge for me um you know that to me is compromise because it's about being considerate of the other person's feelings and choices but also making sure you're both happy um so if you you live with or you're married to a non-vegan you know you could even take it a step further have separate shelves in the fridge or or cupboard it doesn't always have to be you know this way or that way uh-huh. So I think that's something that's really important, never forcing, just like I wouldn't like to be forced to to eat meat or dairy, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily force my my partner to, to go vegan. Um, and I think it's hard sometimes, but I think one of the most important things, again, is kind of letting go of that need to be right um, and not spending too much time convincing someone that your way is the only way. So yes, I, I'm vegan, I strongly believe in the vegan movement, but that doesn't mean I can't listen and understand someone who who doesn't um and I think James mentioned earlier going back to that education there's so much conflicting information out there at the moment about about veganism and I think getting into heated debates or arguments doesn't necessarily actually resolve anything and and I think it can actually put people further off your point so um you know if I woke up tomorrow and and my partner doesn't didn't hold the same ideas about veganism I actually think I would just be you know happy to have a calm and open discussion about both our beliefs and then trying to find different methods to 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 work together because you know it's it's um something that everyone can benefit from but doesn't have to be forced on anyone no exactly um well actually my husband's been pretty good he doesn't make you know he's a he's a meat and three veg person but he's now beginning to to learn the the error of his ways with all the vegetables (laughs) put in front of him (laughs) um so francine it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you james do you have any last minute questions um only to ask uh, Francine it, where would you say to our listeners they should go to uh, make sure that they're um, you know following a, a balanced if they want to start on a plant-based diet where where would where, what's the best resources to, to look up so that they don't read any mi- mixed messages anywhere yeah of course so the the first place I would always point someone in the direction of is the vegan society's website it's actually incredible uh, the kind of information that they've got on there. They've got um, an in-house nutritionist and dietitian. So if it's um, something you have, you know, I was talking about supplements, things like that. If you have a, yeah. a more medical question, she's probably your your first port of call. We've also got the um, V Guide app, which is um, actually really good for kind of motivating people. So if especially if you're someone that's doing veganuary, um, it shares little facts and and. Uh, statistics about the about the vegan movement and so for me you know if I was having a down day and I saw that that might you know encourage me to keep going 
Um, and I think as well, I mean, we're, we're almost spoiled with social media. So um, finding local vegan groups is actually something that I would always recommend. So I know that there's a, a Brighton and Hove Facebook page, which is absolutely brilliant. And that way you'll meet like-minded people, maybe someone who's even starting at the same point in their journey um, that you are and you might find you know new places to eat I know you're not spoiled in that area but they might you know point you in, point you to somewhere yeah, that's new useful to know that yeah yeah, yeah. and I and yeah. just following vegan influencers and chefs on Instagram they're obviously they cook these vegan meals firsthand and, and they'll share recipes and and tips and things like that so yeah it's just there's so many different places but I would always start with obviously the vegan society's website for background and kind of context uh, on the absolutely vegan fascinating thank you Francine I'm afraid our hour is coming up to um, the end and but thank you for all the details and obviously we can find you on Instagram and Twitter as well um, and obviously the vegan society so thank you for joining me this afternoon it's been absolutely so interesting don't you think James it's been really interesting really yeah, interesting yeah I'm, I'm fascinated we'll have to have a follow-up at some stage yeah definitely <laughs> so all, all that remains for me to do is to thank you for joining me this afternoon and thank you to everybody for listening to me I hope you found that interesting and obviously you can get in touch with James or myself or Francine on all the social media platforms this is Heather Hilda Darling on Let's Talk Property, Radio Reverb, 97.2 FM and DAB. And if you're still struggling with Veganuary, just go to the Vegan Society and get your inspiration from them. It's a house thing. It's a house thing.